but it did not meet its target. It did not meet. (laughs) 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 Very good. Welcome to the Glasshouse Game Show, recorded in London at Glasshouse Brick Lane. I'm Jordan Erica Weber, and today I'm joined by Sam. Hello. And Alex P. Hello. Uh, today we're going to talk about vegetarian gaming in honor of Veganuary. You might not think there's a lot to talk about, but trust me, there is. But before we get to that, uh, Alex P. has returned from uh, a lot of different countries all in one go. Too many. Really. How was that with, with the baby? Uh, baby was great. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it was great. Everyone yeah. else, awful. Uh, Baby, fantastic. I was uh, amazed actually because you hear just horror stories constantly about babies on planes, and probably experiencing it as well. Mm. Uh, as far as babies on planes that are sitting right behind you and won't stop screaming, <laughs> but uh, I it was amazing. She was a perfectly capable ball of dough. <laughs> 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 whole- yep. <laughs> Through the, through, I mean, gosh, there was so many flights and so many hours of flights. Uh, it's a long way away, Asia. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, realistically, like, there was one flight that she kind of started losing her shit, but it was like an hour long connector where it just was fine. <laughs> it felt fine after. Do you think so she many... internalized that she could get away with it? I think she was just tired, like jet lagged mm-hmm. and all that, but it was. Um, I feel like I would have kicked up more of a fuss than than your baby does uh, yeah. <laughs> on all those planes. Yeah. Ooh. I've uh, never taken a plane trip that was more than like two hours. I think it's the longest I've ever been on a plane for. I cannot imagine. The way back from Hong Kong was just under 14 hours. <sighs> no, thank you. <laughs> and that was also directly after a flight I had from Tokyo, which was three and a half. So it was that and then Hong Kong to London. Did you get any... Um... Watch a lot of shitty movies. Yeah. <laughs> That must be really hard for you, someone who prides yourself on your uh, taste in films. I, I wanted to know if you got any um, foreign Pokemon while you were away. Uh, not while I was away. Um, not particularly while I was away. As far as like, I mean, I don't know, just trading, mm. trading all the time, you know. Oh, oh sure, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, I didn't realize you were such a Poke Master. Wow. Oh no, we're gonna hear all about that. <laughs> I am sure. Uh, But maybe not for this episode, because what we're talking about for this episode is vegetarianism uh, and and video games and how the two are related. It is Veganuary. Um, I was surprised to learn that Veganuary is a UK charity that was registered in 2014 by Jane Land and her husband, Matthew Glover. Specifically? Yeah. It's not like a vague thing. It's like a specific UK registered charity Veganuary. Veganuary. They they estimate that 1.3 million people took part in 2019. Which in the UK good. or like uh, uh, in the Western world? I mean, world. this was on BBC Does it matter? Or UK. Just a million or it's so a lot people. Of people. It's a lot of people. I presume just in the UK, <laughs> but who knows? Um, so I we talked about this in our New Year's resolutions episode uh, briefly uh, because uh, I went fully vegetarian in 2019, but I had been pescatarian for a few years before that. Um, Sam, do you want to talk about how long you've been vegetarian and, and will... why? It's going to be about four or five years now. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's about the same for me. Um, yeah, I just had it. I mean, it's one of those things when you'd went veg- when I went vegetarian, I wish I'd been vegetarian like 
forever um and yeah i mean it was just like reached a point a friend of mine went vegetarian before me and it bothered me like and i realized that it yeah bothered me and it was like i got very sort of defensive about like eating meat and stuff and after a time i realized that was fucking stupid (laughs) and the reason and the reason i was doing that was because i felt guilty Mm -hmm. and so actually what i needed to do was tackle that and so yeah so and yeah it was just like a switch flipped and then i went i went completely vegetarian and i haven't had a meat any eaten any meat in like yeah four or five years um had a meat (laughs) had a meat i accidentally ate pate at a (gasps) wedding but that's because i didn't i forgot what pate was i used to eat pate Mm. when i was a kid it was like the only thing i would eat in my sandwiches i used to call it yum yum (laughs) didn't really know what it was just like yummy paste um and yeah we had some at a wedding and i was like oh i like that so i had some and i was like that's definitely animal (laughs) so when i was a kid we didn't i didn't have pate i had um for some which was ham and beef paste which is is not patty it was like reconstituted meat paste it was like 13 pence a tub (laughs) it was vile even as a kid and i'd eat anything i hated it probably what they use in american cafeterias (laughs) for school children (laughs) i thought you were saying for for scrubbing the floor maybe because it's just oh it's horrible so you might think that trying to draw a connection between playing video games and the food that we eat in our real lives is maybe a bit of a stretch but i was talking about this with maggie and she remembered that when she was playing outer wilds and trying to get through the dark bramble has either of you played outer wilds is that the one is that oh i mean yes i I was thinking outer worlds and i was like i don't remember the dark brambles (laughs) (laughs) so outer wilds the kind of time loop uh, game oh it's a fantastic i know i'm desperate about it but there's a there's a a kind of planet that's called the dark bramble is that Um, the one with like the anglerfish yeah with anglerfish terrifying giant anglerfish not just like I mean, I don't know if they're anglerfish because it's a... Space alien. anglerfish. Yeah. Spanglerfish. Uh, Spanglerfish. Spanglerfish. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, after trying to get through past the anglerfish for a long time, Maggie got a craving for sushi. <laughs> wow. And went out and bought some. So there is a link. And um, Well, this isn't video games, so I'm like maybe a vengeance. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, she just, you know, the, she the, hated the, this anglerfish. One, and... I knew I'd get to mention it once this episode. This the one, the Yes. <laughs> the one, not the games, though, the books. The one time that I ever got a craving off watching something that I can re- re- distinctly remember was reading the Witcher books. And there's a bit where it just, Siri describes these, like, fried donuts. And it was, like, a hot summer day when I was reading this. And it was just... That was that. It was in my head. I was like, we need to, I remember getting my girlfriend at the time. I was like, we need to go get some donuts right now. And she was like, why? And I was like, don't ask questions. <laughs> um, but that's the one time I can distinctly remember. I don't know if a video game's ever me- made me. Has that ever happened can, to you? Oh, definitely. Uh, very like, even f- passionately. Uh, <laughs> specifically, so, I mean, Persona 5. Um, I really like that game. And uh, the kind of home base of that game is um, a uh, is a curry and coffee house, mm-hmm. uh, like Japanese curry, obviously. Um, uh, and that combination just sounded so good to me. Uh, and every time that you know you would have coffee, which happened a lot in the game, <laughs> um, or curry, which happened a lot in the game, I would always like start to smell the aromas <laughs> wow. because of how they would always like describe the coffees yeah. and describe the curries and everything <clears throat> to where i went on to like this uh phase of cr- trying to create like an amazing japanese wow. curry recipe uh and then always you know having coffee with it and then like wanting to just like pair these in my life all the time 
Well, people have written cookbooks based on video games. I think there's one for Skyrim. Yep. There's more general ones that people have written with yeah. recipes inspired by games. I'm trying to think of games I have. I think I think the one like the games I think of where food is really prominent. The one I think of the most is Monster Hunter. Yes. So we will talk about that because <laughs> right, I'll hold so up my thoughts. back in 2018, uh, the Guardian's games editor Kevin McDonald wrote an opinion piece titled "Should Vegetarian Gamers Go on Virtual Killing Sprees?" and she talked about Monster Hunter quite a lot in that article. Um, you recently reviewed Monster Hunter Iceborne. Yes. For PC Infa- Gamer. infamously <laughs> for yeah for everyone out there yeah have you ever considered the relationship between playing that game and your real world aversion to eating meat i consider it with a lot because there's a lot of games where you kill wildlife right mm. and um, monster hunter obviously like that's the whole game and i think monster hunter makes it more the connection more explicit because they make a big deal of you eat these meals and i remember when i first got monster hunter world back when i was working at games master and reviewing it and i'd never i tried as a series i tried to get into a lot but never really cracked it so there was a lot about the game i didn't know about but when I started playing it, and you, when you go to order food at from at from at the the diner, you can choose like you get menu, and there is a veggie platter, oh. and I was like, oh, and I ordered it, and what you get though is a fuck off turkey <laughs> with vegetables <laughs> on it, and I was like, and that was which made me laugh a loud loud. I was like, that communicates the base, <laughs> yeah, it's like the plate is the turkey. That's the platter, yeah, wow. um, and that made me, you know, that sort of communicated perfectly this game's how this game was <laughs> but it's a weird one because they they spend a lot of like care on the animation and look of the food in the game so sometimes it looks amazing because they'll do like a broth or something or like um there's a they did a like tropical salad at one point that looked amazing mm-hmm. and um it they do stuff, glistens yeah it glistens and shit. <laughs> but whenever they do the meat for me because i i find like since i went vegetarian i have developed a really like strong reaction to me i find it really off-putting like mm. full stop so in the game when they have these bits where like what i'm assuming is for like people that eat meat is really appetizing like these steaks flopping around and stuff for me it's just <laughs> disgusting it's just like uh it's like that it's like something that gears of war with like the if you remember the meat cube it's yeah. just it's just like that it's like i don't know no no not about it do you remember how long that took for you because for me i think it took maybe like a year before i started being oh really i that was a very specific i remember <laughs> because uh i remember because i went vegetarian before my girlfriend did um, and she gave up being vegetarian after we broke up so she's she's she was Poser. she was oh yeah <laughs> coward but um yeah two weeks because i remember distinctly because it was the day she made bacon and she because mm. she'd asked me was like do you mind if i make bacon and i was like no go ahead um, and she made bacon and just the smell of it was revolting. And I, this was a big deal to me because before I, when I was eating meat, bacon was the thing I used to have all the time and I used to like fucking love bacon. And that was the first thing that went, like the smell yeah. of bacon I find disgusting. Now. Mine was also bacon because people talk about, when you talk about going vegetarian, people are like, oh, I couldn't give up bacon though. It's always bacon that people always come bacon. back to. You. And I used to live above a cafe. And I remember the day I realized that I was totally done with meat was I could smell something. And I was like, what? is that smell i know i recognize it but i don't have a clue what it is and it was bacon and the like craving that you used to get when you smelled bacon cooking just gone completely like to the point that i didn't even recognize Um, anymore beef stews and stuff or Mm. because my my flatmates uh, much one of them's um vegetarian or they're full no they're full-blown vegan and then the other two they do eat meat and one of them does like slow roast and stuff and i genuinely have to open a window and wait for the kitchen to air out before Mm. i can be in there i find it so disgusting and I re- and I refuse to like clean up like meat stains and stuff on plates. I fi- like 
to me is like handling a dead body that's how strong i feel about it which i i don't know for like maybe people that sounds absurd but for me like that's how strong my reaction is now mm. like oof, no so keza wrote in her article um Monster Hunter invites you to think more about killing than other video games. She says it would be ridiculous to suggest that slaughtering pretend monsters is immoral, but it has made me contemplate the distance we put between ourselves and the real life violence that provides our meat. Uh, we'll talk about the suggestion that slaughtering pretend monsters is immoral later because there are people who do make that claim. Um, but she finishes by saying, for me, 10 years of playing Monster Hunter was a factor in my own growing distress with the concept of industrially farmed meat, which eventually led me to stop eating it perhaps spending hours of my leisure time pretending to be a hunter-gatherer warrior is an outlet for the slavering carnivore within. Mm. Um, she also mentions Shadow of the Colossus as a game that, as she puts it, unambiguously intends to make you feel bad about killing. Do you think that's fair? And do you think that it's mm. meant to go as far as making you feel bad about eating animals? Or is that not really the point? I feel like I feel like Shadow of the Colossus is like a game that I have... I have it's my favorite game of all time, so I have very strong feelings about it. That's and why I asked you. The one, <laughs> the one that people always come at is... It's like it's, the game wants to make you feel bad, and the, the, the twist is that you're the villain. And I don't strictly feel either of those are too, true. I think what Shadow of the Colossus wants to do is just to... It just wants you to think about those actions and stuff. Because cause the thing that people always bring up is like, oh, the Colossi are just... You're the monster coming in and killing them and stuff. And that's not always strictly true. There there are Colossi in the game that are extremely hostile. And you... By the time you're done fighting them, you're like, yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> and, um, and I think that's kind of part of the point is like, it's not as simple. Uh, and I think that's why the game has endured the way it has is because it's not as simple as just, oh, you're the bad guy. It's more it's more about it wants you to consider because the thing the trick that it does that i think is the master stroke of it is it, it lacks a lot of context you're there to save a girl but you don't know under what circumstances she died you don't know who had her ki- you know somebody had her killed but you don't know for what reasons or why you don't you the god that's promised to bring her back dormant you don't know why you don't know if they're benevolent you don't know what their morality is you know so it removes all this context all that you're left with and i think this is why that it really stings people because all you can interrogate is the action like you can interrogate you can say unlike a lot of games there's a lot of diegetic justification where it's like oh you can say that you can kill these things because the game tells you they're religious fanatics or whatever there's nothing there's no context for any of the killing in shadow Colossus. so you, i don't think it's out to make you feel bad necessarily mm. i think it just it just wants you to think about it and you you can't not and i think if you do feel bad i think that sort of speaks to the nature of violent actions that they ultimately do sort of reflect that yeah you don't really because and and i think shadow Coast distills that thing that you've talked about before in video games they're subtractive you go into video game worlds and you remove things mm-hmm. and shadow Coast is, is a really sparse world and these colossi are the few living things in that world and you one by one you're picking them off and it does feel yeah you feel bad because you're this world that's so beautiful and you're diminishing it bit by bit there is guilt that brings up that and i think i can totally see why someone would bring that connection because i guess it would make you start thinking about because it's making you consider actions that you know in somewhere in your back of your mind must take place within the meat industry and the production of of food but you don't ever really think about it and i guess i guess if somebody has that jot don't you know like oh they're just like animals then you would naturally go well if they're just like animals then killing them like this makes me feel bad therefore is it probably wrong and you know i can see the chain of events for sure like what do you think the colossi for me feel like they're too um everybody said they're assholes (laughs) (laughs) nah they're assholes i don't care about killing them they're too like they're too colossal to feel connected to like 
Col- about, some kind about, of culinary. What about some of the? Some no, of them are quite sorry, definitely like alive. Like definitely like I can. I mean, obviously, I still relate to like the. I guess for me, Shadow of the Colossus was more almost about um, like the ecology of it. Like these are these are creatures that are almost beyond. You know, they're beyond living in a way because of yeah, how, yeah, they're, they're supernatural. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so like the connection to uh, it's almost just like it's beyond a connection to to eating meat or something like that because that feels like a much like this is bigger than that Mm. (laughs) like this is beyond like whether or not we should be talking about vegetarianism this is more about like are we destroying the world (laughs) kind of thing not like Mm. are we um are we killing creatures it's more of a it's it felt title of the class has felt like a, a bigger conundrum or a bigger question upon yourself um than, than I think like vegetarian. I think one key difference though between Shadow of the Colossus and Monster Hunter that's interesting is Shadow of the Colossus. The, the this is ties into them the the way they feel. I guess is Shadow of the Colossus. They are kind of supernatural and stuff, and they will attack you. Some not all of them attack you. Some of them yeah. are completely docile. Um, which are the yeah, those are the ones that feel particularly guilty. And then there's ones that will attack you and stuff. But one key difference that I think Monster Hunter there reaches a point in Monster Hunter where you've done enough damage that the monsters start to retreat and want to heal and recover, and then you've got to go and kill them. And there's like a mm-hmm. you know, like they're limping and they're squealing and they're they're fighting for their life at yeah. a certain point. Shadow Colossus, it never I don't think it ever reaches a point where it feels like though they though they feel like they're in they're never reached a point where the Colossi feel like they're afraid, other than there's the one small one, which is very near the end of the game. Mm. It's, the, it's the smallest one in the game, and it is. Re- it starts off really aggressive, so you fucking hate this thing because it will charge you, and it's really it's a really frustrating fight initially. But you get fire, and you can scare it with fire, and it is scared, like it's terrified of this flame. And that's I think that's the only colossus, and I think that's why people have quite a visceral reaction to that yeah. one because that's the only one that feels like it gets afraid mm. which i think is part of that's the really guilt. interesting because i've had this conversation with game developers about robots all right because um, there's a there's like philosophical arguments about whether it's okay to cause harm to non-living things if they act like living things and people feel much much worse about hurting something that it might not look like an animal but if it like squeals and retreats then people feel really guilty mm. about harming it even though they're obviously not causing it pain it doesn't have the capacity to feel pain mm. if it acts like it's in pain people don't want to hurt it mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of philosophy, so 20 years ago, in the year 2000, a philosopher with the University of Stirling called Matthew Elton wrote an essay for philosophical papers in which he argued that vegetarians have some work to do in justifying their playing of video games. Because he says, between real animals and some of the animated agents that feature in video games, there are no differences that make a moral difference and hence no ground for a difference in treatment. So what are some games around 2000? <laughs> well, that's, that's an interesting point. Yeah, what kind of games would be? I guess Tomb Raider would be Banjo, one of the most prominent. Tui, uh, Perfect Dark. Oh, I mean, it's Majora's not even just Mask. animal. It's like killing, killing anything in a game. So I think the argument, I mean, I only just got access to the paper, um, but... Uh, he has two arguments. So he talks about, in, in one, he says, uh, I argue against such game playing on the grounds of the harm it does to the animated agent. And then the other argument is kind of a Kantian thing where he argues that being someone who causes this kind of harm, even against something that can't feel it, is bad for you because it makes you the kind of thing that is inclined to cause harm. I guess this is the argument that people make when they worry about violence in video games, yeah. right? Is making as even though you, the the thing that go, so yeah I guess just to completely write off the first point because I do not agree <laughs> with the suggestion that 
you're making anything suffer that we, we know you're not they're virtual like i don't i don't have any i don't have any problem on those grounds it's like no the, mm. the, the second point is more of a thing because it's like if i keep killing these things is that conditioning me to feel like i'm killing things i think the ultimate crux of that is no because i'm a vegetarian and i have very strong reactions to not just violence against animals just violence in general i don't generally try to avoid it and i generally don't approve of it um but i guess i guess to get really big idea philosophical about it because i because there's there is an argument that violence is people make like, like as if violence is the opposite of empathy as if hurting something makes you less empathetic which I don't think necessarily tracks because I think there are circumstances in which you would commit to violence or and you know self-defense or the defense of something else or someone else where I think that requires a great deal of empathy and understanding of the harm that you're doing and the reason why you're doing it and I think so I think that's flawed in a lot of ways but in terms of video games there definitely is a concern about desensitization and it's easier for me to say that I don't think that's the case for me because I think I'm so conscious about it and I think about it a lot. So I'm always thinking about it, therefore I'm always, I guess, working against myself mm -hmm. to make sure that's not the case, even if it can be. But I mean, I don't know, like I think, I mean, you, you, you have taught, I've talked to people that have joined the army off the back of Call of Duty and stuff and their concept of violence. I mean, I've, I've fun enough, I know people who've gone the whole thing. So they joined the army off the back of a video game, spent some time in the army, came out of the army and then, you know, completely turned around and were like, yeah, violence is no fucking joke. Fuck these video games and fuck that. So I've seen like that whole, you know, that whole turnaround. And, but the initial point of like, being compelled to join the army off the back of entertainment is something that I see a lot. And it does make me wonder about, <clears throat> I don't think it's like conditioning in such a strong sense that you would, you know, like you're, psycho you're psychologically programmed, but it must, I mean, we feel things, we have emotional responses to video games. So it has to have a effect, mm. however small. Do you think that it's not just like, um, uh, so joining the army, I guess it's in a sense of like, you're you're buying into almost like a, a role so i mean <laughs> i don't want to say it's exactly the same but like if you played a bunch of tony hawk pro skater you might <laughs> get the you know want to try skateboarding kind yeah of thing. yeah it feels like that's still a degree away from playing a violent video game makes you want to actually be violent mm -hmm. and uh, yeah and I mean, I feel like you can at least make the argument that people are not necessarily joining the army just to be violent. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> as much as yeah, I mean, there's there's other narratives and amongst like games of that ilk, right? Like if you if you do play see uh, say Metal Gear Solid, yeah, which is which is funny when people say they join the army off the back of Metal Gear Solid because <laughs> as clumsy as Kojima is, I think a consistent thing of those games is they are very anti-war. Yeah. Mm. So that's a very interesting thing. But but the reason I think that people join the army off the back of those games is not because of that message. It's because the the soldiers in question are the heroes like yeah there's there's no there's no argument for you know like solid snake not being the hero of that game and not being a like an idol yeah. yeah he you know the game is in his favor and makes him look cool as shit like there's no there's no way in which that yeah so the role is glorified so but does but but then but then there's a question but but violence itself are you conditioned to and I don't know. I mean, I mean, the Iceborne review that I wrote that had a very strong reaction to. Um, a lot of the people, other than just not kind of getting it, but I don't know. Like, I wonder if 
Because there's a lot of people saying it's just a game and really don't think about it. Mm. And I don't know if the the disconnect there is really easy where they... Because I'm, cause I'd be curious to know, are any of those people vegetarians or anything? Because I'm kind of curious like when they're like, it's just a game. It's like, so they haven't thought about it in terms of the game. Have they thought about it at all? Because if... Because I can... I, to, to put it in some perspective, I've put like hundreds and hundreds i play monster hunter a lot iceborne <laughs> iceborne i've put an abs- and at a time when i've struggled to commit to one game iceborne i have i've done i've done everything like you know i've like mined the show that game there's no quests and stuff i haven't done like i've put so much time into it and and i and i love it like i love playing it and i love doing the hunts and i love hurting i love hurting <laughs> the monsters in a certain sense because when a monster charges at you and you swing your big sword and you like club them in the face and you're, you're shooting, a badass yeah and it's very <laughs> satisfying but but then the point where i start but that's when it's a threat right and the start the bit where it starts to turn and i go mm, is when i've chopped their tail off and they're limping back to their nest mm. and i'm like mm, now i feel bad um <laughs> well we can't really discuss all of the arguments that this philosopher makes in this paper because i only just got access to it and it's 23 pages long but maybe that can be a our homework for next time it does feel like a very one of those very like um early video game so when video (laughs) games started getting bigger Mm. uh to beyond just like arcades and into people's homes and everything um and the conversations around like there's the first scares of video game violence and all of this and uh, with well, school shootings in the US everything. and everything like that. Mm. But at the same time, um, all of these like video game skeptics started coming out of the woodwork. Uh, like famously, the um, uh, Ebert article that mm. he had wrote about like there's never a time when video games will be considered art. Kind which of he did do a follow-up to which he clarified he doesn't think video games would be high art which it's all shenanigans yeah. <laughs> in any case like <laughs> it's very the year 2000 uh, it's a very the year 2000 yeah. it's a very like oh that video was, games um, are now becoming part of the culture i have that was only 2012 i think the Uber article no i think it was earlier no because it was just because there's that he, famous cliff blazinski tweet about how Eber wrote the article and then because then he passed away like that year or the following mm-hmm. year and then Bioshock Infinite came out and there's that terrible qu- tweet from Cliff Blazinski oh, no. where he said it, there, I, I'm paraphrasing but br- roughly what he said was there's something oh, poetic no. about the passing of Roger Eber and a games as true art arriving Jesus. in Bioshock <laughs> Infinite um, uh, in any <clears throat> case it feels like these things where um, people having these something is coming into their uh into their field and mm. they feel like they need to have some kind of gut reaction to it oh. without a full yeah. understanding of it and so they're they default to some kind of conservative viewpoint of new is bad i think it is in- always interesting though to understand a lot or to at least engage with them to say i don't think you should go and harass people that you know break video games but i think it's worth being aware of them because it's kind of it is interesting to me how video games are are perceived outside of those who play them mm. you know because there is because there is a lot of assumptions about because because the violence of video games is one of the most prevalent things that people think about video games yeah. a lot of people think most if not all video games are violent and to a certain degree that's not untrue either like their violence is a huge component of most video games and yeah. so that yeah there's definitely not unwarranted. A, a kind of defensiveness that people within video games <laughs> kind of take up and in and closing off to Mm. outside perspectives and it's definitely worth occasionally looking at what other people are saying
has either of you ever come across a video game character who was vegetarian or vegan explicitly? Explicitly. Actually, I yeah. want to do... I want. I mean, so explicitly, I can't think of any. But I didn't want to think, though, because I'd been thinking about this episode and I've been wondering, are people in Star Trek vegetarians? Ooh. Because in this highly advanced, progressive, sophisticated future... Well, I was the, like, the food is all made out of like chemicals, right? Yeah, they just get it from the, rep- the replicator. The replicator. I yeah. guess there's probably a lot of then like science fiction stuff games where you might be able to mm. like maybe some enclaves so, in Fallout or something. Mass like Effect. That. Mass the Effect. The Aquarians yeah. are vegan. Are they not out of ethical concerns, but because of practicality? I'm quoting here from the Art of the Mass Effect universe. Uh, the amount of water needed to hydrate an animal is exponentially more than the amount needed to grow plants, and on a starship, all water would need to be conserved carefully. There we go. So, well, for those who don't know, the Quarians <clears throat> are a race who got um, kind of booted from their home planet by the robot slaves that they created. Yep, the Geth. So they uh, go around on a big. On big ships. So the flotilla. The flotilla. Um, while not explicit, I think I, I, you could probably imply that uh, Abe from... Abe's Odyssey. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That I mean, has been listed uh, as, an, as a vegetarian game. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, it has a big thing against the meat processing yeah. industry. I mean, like. it's, it's kind of about... I mean, I don't know how explicit... Speci- I mean, yeah, it's a meat processing industry, but I feel like it's very much like this industrial complex <clears> thing compare then an explicitly vegetarian i think veganism, it goes into different avenues i think, I think easily implied but the, the first one is i feel like all the games as a whole are about industrialism yeah. and capitalism but i feel like the for abe's odyssey is explicitly about the relation between those two things and meat yeah. and the meat industry and yeah because there's a lot there's a lot i mean yeah even in the remake they they, they keep all that stuff of like conveyor belts of just honks of dead animals and stuff and it's pretty very grim. morrissey it's very <laughs> Alex, uh, what do people eat in the Pokemon universe? You know it's Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, I think it's, I think that actually is, an, is explicit. Uh, I, as I can remember from even, I think, like the second game, there's the Slowpoke Tales mm-hmm. that are uh, uh, in like the item description like, described as just delicious delicacies and all of this. And in the most recent um, one, you have them in curry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I can remember, um, I think I can, even on the like the cruise ship in red and blue, there's, mm-hmm. uh, you can talk to a cook and I believe he's talking about uh, making steaks. I don't know if he says a kind of ah. Pokemon steak, but he's talking about steaks. But because there's no other animals in the Pokemon it's, world. It's either Pokemon or humans. <laughs> it's either Pokemon <laughs> the, or The human. most interesting thing about that, though, the whole Pokemon thing and are they eating Pokemon, is people get really defensive about, p- people that are fans of Pokemon get really defensive about the suggestion that they're eating Pokemon, it's, I find. It is, though. But, like, <laughs> but, the, but the interesting thing about that, because the reason they feel like that is because they don't want to heart Pokemon, right? Mm. Sure. But these are a lot of people that aren't vegetarians. So it's interesting <laughs> well, that the application, like the, the, the thought has occurred to them, is like, we shouldn't eat Pokemon because they're living sentient things that are our friends especially but the very not humanoid ones <laughs> it's very that, like, yeah a lot of them are very humanoid and also they have language like pokemon are intelligent enough to communicate with each other right um I detective dolphins i know i'm vegetarian <laughs> <laughs> just, you don't need to get like that with me i'm just i'm just saying here i'm just like people there's like we, we need to stop being so human it's a world it's a universe where like there are no other they are pokemon very, they are very are easily animals, mm. emotive uh pokemon are the animals and they have their own food chain like Pokemon eat other Pokemon and yeah. like, uh, are prey to Pidgey other Pokemon. So why do the games shy away? Because 
is for all Monster Hunter's flaws in terms of how it con- it justifies the hunter's pursuit of the monsters. At least it acknowledges it is very explicit about the ecosystem in that game and those monsters eating each other and stuff. So it's weird. It's interesting to me that Pokemon shies away from that. I don't think it does though. I think that the fans do because they no, don't I've, want it. But like, I've never seen two Pokemon eat each other. But they'll describe in like so if you actually read the description, Sam. I don't of read the, of the Pokemon. <laughs> I don't play video games to read. Excuse me. Uh, no, but like there's a lot of descriptions of the Pokemon that explicitly say like oh when hunting its prey of whatever mm. or like, they nearly went it. extinct because it's so delicious <laughs> yeah. but I, I guess uh, i guess i don't feel that expi- like monster hunter you watch those monsters kill each other i feel like pokemon well, this is a children's game i mean it was never planet mm-hmm. earth is never too it's never too early to start <laughs> to let them know how how it works it out is there. interesting though because the developers despite putting this stuff in the game will never answer these questions mm. they'll never give a straight answer like there's a whole series of articles on polygon from 2014 to 2018 to 2019 where the titles went from in the pokemon universe what do humans eat <laughs> to do people eat pokemon to okay people absolutely <laughs> eat pokemon but in each one they've tried to ask developers and the developers have always been like i don't, I don't know it's just sausages i don't look know where the, it comes from <laughs> look at the the guilt the guilt that's the, the pokemon developers are, yeah. are feeling can either of you think of games that have let you the player choose to play as a vegetarian skyrim yeah skyrim um also i mean i guess anything that you that has like cooking that those that cooking also whatever so nourishes it, you and then but anything I, explicit though so the uh, maggie came up with the example of dead cells where you uh, can choose what kind of healing food is dropped mm. and the options are things like carnivore castlevania-esque vegetarian fruitarian monster and baguette wow um <laughs> i am um, there's I, also mutazioni which I've been playing recently, where there's a barbecue and you can choose a vegetarian option. Oh. There's also trophies in that game called Omnivore, Veggie, and Vegan. Interesting. Uh, I know uh, one of the writers on Mutazioni who has been vegetarian, maybe even vegan at times in her life. So I feel like that maybe had an influence. I, I might be wrong. There's the, uh, in the new Cooking Mama, there's the, I read that there's going to be a vegetarian yeah. um, mode. So... I was going to talk about that, actually. Uh, so, yeah, there's a new Cooking Mama game coming to Nintendo Switch, which will feature a vegetarian mode. According to the press release, players who do not wish to prepare meals with meat ingredients will be able to cook creative, alternate, meatless recipes. And this move has prompted recognition from PETA, mm. the American <laughs> Animal Rights Organization, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. Back in 2008, PETA made a parody called Cooking Mama, Mama Kills Animals. Uh, they've also parodied Pokemon. Uh, in 2015, they made a free-to-play PS4 game called Kitten Squad, so a game made by Peter, in which you are a kitten who liberates animals like orcas and sheeps, sheeps, sheep from evil robots. <laughs> uh, and that game came to Nintendo Switch in 2018, so they're still oh. at it. Sam, how do you feel about Peter? Well, I mean, I am aware of, I don't know if it's a practice they still do, but I am aware that their stance is that part of their whole ethos is animals shouldn't be do- domesticated full stop. And as a result, one of their practices is to euthanize domesticated animals that are not, don't have owners or aren't looked after. Um, so I guess in short, fuck Peter, <laughs> basically. I is don't, this, a, are we saying allegedly? Or is this a... No, this was an explicit plaque. I don't know if they still do it, okay. but there was a point at which this was a thing. Because they, it's not, it's one, it's, the, I think they are aware of the kind of response this gets from people because mm. it's not something they're explicit about. But yeah, it's in, it was in their ethos. They don't start, they don't approve of domesticated animals. And there was a point where, because yeah, when they got a hold of strays and stuff, they would 
PETA mm. does not have the best history. They're not great with women. <clears throat> they do a lot of like naked women mm. being treated like animals. Isn't this awful? You would hate for this sexy lady to be treated this way. So they're why like, do you treat a cow this okay. way? They're like, do you know when video games used to have really like horror, like God of War had that horrible, in fact, talking about vegetarianism, uh, vegetarianism because there was that time God of War three go to war two there was a promotion this was yeah i think go to war two way back in the day when video game pr was a fucking shit show <laughs> there was um there was a time where they got they did a parade or something or they had P, uh, press around for this feast and there oh, they had yeah. two naked women and also they beheaded a goat <laughs> um oh, okay but anyway these gaudy like pr moves P pr is just that like it just feels like they're just they're they're just like this horrendous shock and awe type. yeah like it's they don't they're never even as a vegetarian i never have ever felt that they have good intentions yeah, ever have you come across them uh not like personally but i mean there was uh just you know being in college or whatever and and there's the wild mix of people with very extreme views because they their first time that they've experienced or been exposed to those views and then like instant buy-in kind of thing and then that whatever leads you to like actually go read about that that kind of stuff uh and like i yeah it's one of those things where i have to imagine that the intentions of PETA started much different than what mm. they eventually became uh i don't know it's it feels really bizarre though how something that is an inherently a, a fairly innocuous goal <laughs> to then become this like i mean i, I think they're, they're so detrimental to any cause right yeah. because no one even, even vegetarians hate them mm. you know so like the thought that like they're trying they would convince anyone to give up meat is preposterous like I, if anything they've they've harmed the, t the amount of time it's taken to convince more people to go vegetarian. Is it just though, like earlier you were talking about um, that kind of defensiveness that comes from guilt? Are they just trying to layer on the guilt in the hope that yeah, I mean, start? For, for, I think I think it, their most effective air quotes, quotes. here, <laughs> um, at their most effective, they are just laying on the. At their worst, they're just stupid. But at their at most effective, they're laying on the guilt. But I don't think that is an effect. Fact, because the only thing that got me to become vegetarian was introspection and mm -hmm. you can't you can't make people you can help them get there you can't make people introspective and making them guilty is just going to make them defensive mm -hmm. and if you do that too strongly the, the you know it's an opposite and equal reaction you you lay on the guilt you're going to get them more defensive and then no like get reaching out to people like that i think is so unhelpful i think this stuff because i'm sure i've read a lot about and and i feel like i've seen more people more and more people go vegetarian and vegan and i feel mm. like the large part of that is part of its convenience the, the options that are now available and also just understanding the more people have done it the more they're able to share recipes and things and alter alternatives and stuff and it's just really just through that exposure that gets people around i feel like all these big guilty as much as my vegetarianism is based on the idea of like I, it was cruelty to animals i really just felt guilty and i don't like suffering of animals that you know i feel like what gets most people around to going vegetarian is just yeah just exposure to like how easy it is yeah. and then you know it's a nice gentle buy-in yeah there's been a lot of tie-in with environmentalism stuff as well recently yeah. um but i imagine like a, even like the normalcy it becoming more normal mm. i mean i just think of uh you know in the 90s and stuff vegetarianism would is this like kooky idea yeah that's, or like really nerdy thing that only lisa simpson does kind <laughs> of thing uh and it's not um 
it's not something that real people would do or like some <laughs> but then yeah. it's just uh yeah. like anything i guess when it becomes more normal it becomes more accepted and less of a less of a counterculture and more of just a thing you might do i know i know i like obviously come from a particular background and i'm of a particular generation but like half my friendship group is probably vegetarian or mm. vegan it just doesn't seem weird to me at all um speaking of which so in the sims series uh vegetarianism is a personality trait uh, rather than a lifestyle choice. So in Sims 3 and Sims 4, when you create a Sim, you get a limited number of uh, personality traits that you get to pick for them. So things like tidy or like clever or whatever. And vegetarian is one of them in Sims 3 and Sims 4. Um, according to the Sims Wiki... You're making a face. I'm, 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 I'm making a face. Uh, according to the Sims Wiki, in the Sims 3, vegetarian Sims live longer than other Sims. And they will also get sick if they eat meat. In The Sims 4, they, I think they just get sad when they eat meat. Can you get and, so sick you die? Uh, I don't think so. No, there are so many ways that a Sim can die in The Sims 4. <laughs> um, it can die from like too much laughter, heartbreak. too much anger, probably heartbreak. There's wow. like a lot of emotional deaths <laughs> yeah. in The Sims 4, but I don't think that eating meat when you're vegetarian is one of them. Uh, but that would be interesting. Uh, has either of you played Stardew Valley? yes Love so it. the player character in stardew valley is pescatarian i don't know if that's ever occurred to you you can't eat any meat other than the fish you catch my character doesn't fish so my character is vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> so um this actually uh there was a an interview with uh the guy who made stardew valley eric barone uh or is that his name eric barone i only know it's his developer name not like confident ape or something something oh, yeah. like concerned that ape. Concerned, concerned ape, ape. Thank you. Uh, he did an interview with uh, vulture in 2016 um so they wrote uh, being a farming simulator stardew valley allows you to buy and raise animals which then produce resources for you chickens produce eggs cows produce milk and so on uh, beta testers had asked barone to include a feature that enabled users to butcher their animals and harvest the meat he listened to them at first but in the end he couldn't bring himself to include the mechanic and he says, I didn't want to have that sort of violence. You give the animals names, pet them, a little heart goes above their head and stuff, and then you butcher them. It just felt wrong. It didn't jibe with the feeling I was going for with the game, so I cut that and I don't regret it. And then they've added, unsurprisingly, Barone is a vegetarian. So that's kind of the result of like a vegetarian making a game about farming has made the decision that you can't. I mean, I think if I made a game that touched on this stuff, it definitely would be something, because I think if I made, like if I was to make a game about Monster Hunt, like, <laughs> like if, 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 if they ever give me the key to the witcher license um it's a thing that i would think about a lot like because i don't think it's something i would avoid necessarily but it's something that i would put a lot of thought into how i depict it and stuff mm. um because yeah like i mean particularly in that case like if you if the game you're going is this nice gentle thing then yeah the obvious occurs to you butchering it but it's weird that a lot of people don't have that problem and mm. it's funny because i'm imagining a lot of people to take a similar example minecraft People will happily rear animals and murder them mm -hmm. for resources because mm, they kind of just disappear in a puff. Yeah, don't they? Go, yeah. Yeah. but you can still pet them, and I, I don't. I feel like there's little heart. Yeah, they, yeah, they love you because I think you have to do that to get them to follow you and things, or to like. Uh, not feeding them to like breed the chickens or whatever there's definitely yes. mechanics of like yeah. looking after them and stuff and then and then yeah you just you just chop them up for but i i wonder if that would be something like almost uh almost a shadow of the colossus-esque feature of stardew valley if you actually like still mm. were treating got them as, as pets and stuff and then 
you know, there was the option of slaughtering in the in the pursuit of I can't remember what the currency is in Stardew Valley. Because I, I, I guess you could make the argument that Stardew Valley is the coward's like solution because <laughs> it's like you're because you're you're presenting it. Um, you're not a, a coward, concerned ape. <laughs> <laughs> if you're watching, but your solution. Um, no, I think like because I'm like. Because I guess, like, I get obviously it isn't what Stardew Stardew Valley is meant to be a very general thing. Mm-hmm. But there's there's definitely an argument to be made that a game that was more interested in like an actual like, uh, challenging the yeah. player around, mm. you know, um, providing them this nice escapism would be like ask would ask that question and would would want you to make a moral yeah. interrogation of that. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll we'll talk about that in a sec. I think the idea of making a game explicitly about challenging the player to think about these things because I don't I don't think that was ever his intention. No, no, certainly sure. not. Um, no, but there is violence in that game. I yeah, mean, you're, you do kill. So, my, interestingly, um, and one thing I did find when researching this is that people have been playing this game as vegan in various ways and one of which is to get through the mine without killing anything <laughs> uh people have also there's like mods that people are installing to play as vegan there's people who refuse to cook the fish that they catch they just like just leave they, it dead in there well they, they <laughs> catch enough to put in the aquarium but they don't okay. catch any more than that right. things like that and people are even doing it in board games like i found on boardgamegeek.com there were people talking about playing specific board games in in a vegan way oh. uh, which is interesting and also kind of tied to um so there's an article that um cat brewster wrote for the guardian back in 2016 um comparing vegan baking to self-imposed challenges in video games like dark souls you know like playing through dark souls as a level one character is like a big thing right yeah the naked your naked runs and my no death run so they were comparing that idea of making things a lot harder than they need to be to vegan baking which is a real like self-imposed challenge of like i've decided to restrict my diet in this way but still try and make all the foods that i like (laughs) um, which is a thing we will talk about in a bit when we sample our vegan food uh but before we do that let's take another quick break So in Keza's article for The Guardian, she wrote that playing Monster Hunter contributed to her decision to stop eating industrially farmed meat. Alex, do you think that there could be a game explicitly designed to turn people vegetarian? Do you think that could ever be effective? Mm, thing, well, for me, I feel like something that's so inherently, so explicit and so obvious are the least effective things. Mm. Like something where... I guess it's similar if you're watching a really partisan documentary one way or the other it can just feel so like I guess kind of preaching to the choir and like it's almost like a turn off even if you agree with it for me uh mm. like mm-hmm. I I don't uh uh I don't particularly like the um kind of <laughs> whatever rooting for the teaminess that uh that something can be and I would feel like playing through a game that was so explicit especially if it was one that was like based around guilt like how you were talking about can just i feel like it's a big turnoff even if it's something that i might that i could agree with um and i think you see that or at least i i feel like that i see that in a lot of games and other forms of art where uh the creators just lose any kind of subtlety whatsoever yeah it becomes 
kind of annoying to play all of a sudden. We know? talked about this in um, my now uh, sadly closed Guardian podcast, Chips With Everything, where we did an episode about games about abortion, mm. which there have been a few of, and whether those can be effective in changing people's minds about how they feel about abortion. Um, and someone we interviewed, I can't remember who at the moment, um, but find the episode and listen to it, was like, you have to kind of hide the message, otherwise yeah. it's not effective. Um, but there have been people who have made uh, games that are, explicitly meant to make you think about these kind of things so uh, in 2015 a game creator called Alexei Botkov from New Zealand made a game for Ludum Dari which is a really well-known game jam the I, theme, it, I always thought it was Ludum Dare I don't know what it is you you may be right I just I'm just I'm no, <laughs> well, like I just assume. Latin is a dead language right <laughs> Unless we have any Latin speakers in there. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> so Ludum Dari, Ludum Dare, however you want to say it. The theme was You Are the Monster. Uh, so Alexi made this game called Subtle. That Cow Game, uh, that which cow is described game? as a little sketch that explores na the nature of mass meat farming through a role reversal. So in this game, you are exploring an abattoir, but you are a cow and the meat is coming from humans. Uh, in an interview with Popsi, Botkov said, I eat meat and I am a monster, really. More so because I'm aware of the issues, yet I'm still complicit. I guess um, with this game, I'm questioning my own relationship with the whole thing and trying to figure out what my values are. Does that seem like something you would find effective? I don't know if you find it. I find it interesting, mm. because, particularly because he's coming at it from the perspective of someone who eats meat. And that's interesting. I feel that that's maybe almost... That seems like it's more likely to produce something that might be more effective because of his position rather than someone who's already, you know, vegetarian and therefore is coming from that point of view. It's much harder to go, right, okay, how do I create something where the baseline is for people who eat meat, you know? I feel like that at least stands a chance of being more effective. I don't know if it would be because, I mean, I think games making you, encouraging you to make big lifestyle changes... I mean, I think any, any art asking you to make a like, lifestyle change, encouraging that is so hard. Sure. Like, um, it's like asking somebody to change their belief. I mean, it's yeah. changing their person, change like the... I mean, it's not impossible. Like, I know, I know people that have had pieces of art that have made them believe in God or stop believing in God mm -hmm. and stuff like that. It's not, I don't think it's out with the realm of art. It's just very hard. And I think it's very hard to do it deliberately. Mm. Um, I think it's something that you, that, not that you have to do this, uh, <laughs> but like for it to be effective, it has to feel like uh, the user is discovering it for themselves through your art and not being told why what they should change or how mm. they should change like it's a thing of showing it for them leaving it there for them to discover so for instance this game that's called tofu hunter uh that touch arcades chris carter reviewed with the title tofu isn't this bland probably wouldn't be particularly effective at making you want to eat tofu wow uh, someone tried to kickstart a game called pigsidus in which an incredibly smart pig called horace oinkstein tries to survive while being pursued by a butcher um, but it did not meet its target. I did not meet. Its <laughs> 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 very good. You're very welcome. Uh, do you think it's possible to make a fun and interesting game about Abe's Odyssey, the vegetarian lifestyle? Yeah, I mean, it's a thing of. I think I think Oddworld is not subtle, but somehow I actually think it works because it is just. It makes a, a horror. I mean, it's not a horror game, but it mm. makes a horror out of the meat industry that mm. is not lying. I mean, it's definitely overblown in terms of the scale like this the rupture farms this meat factory in Oddworld is the size of a city it is humongous but it's but in that that um you know 
um, not abstraction, um, just blowing it out of proportion in that increasing scale somehow gets closer to the truth. Of, you know, because I, I don't have the figures at hand, but, you know, when you think of, like, we with the meat industry killing billions of animals a year, you know, like, we kill more than the population of Earth and animals very frequently. That's horrifying. Like, that number is horrifying, and we do it. So I feel like Oddworld is not subtle, but I think at least because... Because the game isn't about Abe becoming a vegetarian, it's more sort of the <laughs> backdrop to his adventure. I think it works maybe because it's not about you as the player not asked to make a choice about it. Yeah. It's just a given that, hey, you're now in the menu and you just exist in this world where that's that's the case. And I think, I don't know if it would make, I mean, it's, I played it when I was a kid and it didn't make me vegetarian, but, you know, your parents, yeah. you know, prescribing your diet is the thing. But I don't know, like, I feel like... I feel like that's a pretty compelling piece of art that is largely about, hey, respect the environment, respect animals, you know. Yeah, and I, I think it's a thing of where you're, I guess it's going back to this thing of, are you making this game to be about vegetarianism mm. or are you making a game where there's themes of vegetarianism? Mm -hmm. And I think it's it's that separation where if your goal is a message, like a message of trying to convince somebody to whatever, then you're probably like ham fisting it. You're probably making you're probably some, doomed to fail. Yeah, because yeah. you're 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 ham fisting it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow, wow. That wasn't even intentional. <laughs> well, neither was the the other. It was. Um, I think it's like yeah. I think I mean Oddworld touches on a lot of like industrial and stuff, and and Oddworld Stranger's Wrath is a thing I, basically about colonialism as it's mm. impacted by industrialism and stuff. Um, and I think, I think in all those cases, like those games have those themes. They're not necessarily like at the end, you know. There's not a big message, explicit message anyway. Like it's more woven into, it, and I think that's way more effective than telling people. Uh, over on Reddit, we asked if people care whether their games let them be vegetarian, and we got replies like, "Do not care at all. I'm not <laughs> eating it in real life." And real life vegetarian do not care. Uh, on Twitter, we got a reply from at Mad Quills, who said, I'd rather see more games not relying on animal cruelty tropes in general rather than token menu options. Mm. Uh, and then we got an interesting response from an account called at Vegan Devs, uh, which said, I appreciated the surprise when playing Dead Cells and hope to see more animal respect being normalized. That said, I'd rather have a game full of fake animal cruelty whose devs are vegan than a very animal friendly game whose devs consume animals. I mean, this 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 goes back to our long term discussion about like the what goes into making your games and stuff, mm. and in terms of you know we've talked about it political and stuff. Um, I think yeah, I think yeah, I think I would definitely agree with that statement. I think it would be more important to me because, as I say, I don't think committing cruelty to virtual animals is is necessarily cruel. And, uh, and nothing actually suffers so whereas if you're saying you meet then obviously you're part of that um so yeah i think i would definitely agree with that statement at least alex <laughs> nothing uh, i was just trying to think because i mean just coming off of your own um just last statement it's a you can draw it back uh maybe it's maybe it's too obvious or whatever but like in the same sense of of just you know human on human violence in mm. games and stuff like those whatever desensitization whatever kind of just normalization or just how we've even internalized or are conscious of the kind of violence that we're carrying out in games um a conscious of it being a game or yeah. um and being 
okay with it or not okay with it depending on the context of that game i mean there's a you know the context of of some kind of high octane action game whatever where you're mowing down and that's the normalcy versus something where you're put in a position where you have to make a you know a choice because of somebody scared i guess going back to you know it's very difficult to harm something that's mm. scared versus when you're scared um i just i don't feel yeah like i it's the the question of of the animals in games is feels like the same to me as the question of harming See, humans in games and it's just a context for me because the context is fundamentally different for both those because even if the game doesn't give you a lot you can you can you can at least assume that humans have motives that are more sophisticated than animals animals tend to be much more instinctual so in a scenario where you meet a person you don't know anything about them but they're do trying to kill you killing them feels m much more like you know def self-defense whereas if you show up and an animal tries to kill you it's like oh, i was just defending its territory you the, the motives that you would imply from either of those scenarios for animals to, is you know or it's almost always yeah but it's always <laughs> it's always going to be a case of where you're in the wrong like i can you know whereas a human is like more sophisticated and can make moral judgments beyond that so harming a human is always to me going to be fundamentally more um tolerable than killing an animal killing an animal always feels like you know like in games they always make you do it as well mm. the animals become like oh you've killed enough humans here's some animals <laughs> it's like no you start with the animals you, you remember, start with the level one <laughs> i remember when not necessarily remember when people got really upset about the fact that a dog died Col yeah. Well, I was about to say, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, when it came out, people were really upset about the fact that you have to kill dogs in it. Um, it was only a couple of times, but mm. they attack yeah. dogs and they come out and they, you twist their neck as well. It's quite, yeah, it's quite brutal. You twisted I, their neck. <laughs> no, no, that's... that's yeah. <laughs> I, I would never harm an animal. Um, humans, fine. Um, but the but yeah, but I remember people being really upset about it. Um, mm. And I find that I always and that that speaks to something that's true for to me about like animals don't necessarily have make a conscious choice and don't have the information required to make the choices that we do. So even even with the same degree of information or context i always feel like i'm always going to feel much much more fine about killing a human whereas an animal i just like in the game oh. and she means in a game <laughs> <laughs> disclaimer disclaimer well use use for the disclaimer <laughs> i didn't um i feel like uh from the conversation that we've just had uh, if anything i need to go and play apes odyssey because i haven't played that in absolute years <gasps> so that's so, my that's my homework so well it's yeah. a good game. and i'm gonna maybe try and read that philosophy paper from the year 2000 but we'll see i studied oh, philosophy at uni and i'm that's no <laughs> yes uh, if anyone who is watching or listening to this has thoughts about what we've been talking about today uh please send them to us post them on glasshouse.games uh email community at glasshouse.games or tweet us at ghd show if we get good thoughts we read them out uh like these ones for instance oh, actually although we're starting with something that wasn't aimed at us but i just thought it was funny to bring up relevant <laughs> to last week's episode on the witcher and other gamey television shows there's a netflix us parody account that tweeted a poster for a Netflix original series based on Team Fortress 2. Oh, Did you see this. that? Yes. Do you know what the best thing is? I have I thought it was genuine at first as no. well. A bunch of people did and I did. And I was like, I didn't, but my reaction was, I didn't know they were doing that. But the best part was my next thought was, 
I could see how that would work. <laughs> I, I, I fully, I'm fully bought in in the Team Fortress. There's show. like a really serious like shot of a, a woman sitting on a big chair. Yeah, and then there's the the screens in the background. But and the you, tagline is "There's more than two sides in this war." But you, I think, so the poster was going for like a gray thing, but mm. I thought it was playing more to the jokey tone of the games because I'm like, you could make a great like joke spy show out of Team Fortress. You could totally make something absurd and funny out of that. Um, on our last episode about uh, The Witcher and other television uh, shows that are related to games, Drew T. Moffat on Twitter uh, said of Mortal Kombat, the animated series, oh, I'd forgotten about that show. <laughs> I had it on VHS and there used to be combat codes with a K for the game in the credits, which I dutifully copied down even though I didn't own the game, just in case I needed them someday. Wow. <laughs> How good is that? That's a Man, I'm, I feel like there needs to, that's, that needs to be a story of like 20 years later. Finally, we, we need someone with the codes. Get this the game. Down. Yeah. Um, on YouTube, someone called Dave McAdam wrote, the Mortal Kombat cartoon seems so intense now, but that's just how things were when we were kids. Every big franchise aimed at adults got some kind of spin-off for children. There were Ghostbusters, Alien and Predator toys. I personally mm. remember having a Robocop action figure and that film is about as far from child appropriate as you can get. No generation before or after will know what it's like to go to school with terminator on your lunchbox and i kind of cherish that that's a that's a thing though right because um that's that started with star wars because star wars was sort of not not adult that you would market to kids and stuff and i feel like pretty quickly after people realize like well even though we're a little older we can definitely still sell these toys to kids yeah. we talked about this in the episode I, you weren't here for no. it we were talking about things like mark mark things being marketed in Fortnite that are not appropriate for the people who yeah, are like mostly John playing Wick that game and, you know cause cosplay and stuff yeah. and it's like mm, this isn't yeah c c the kind of audience that's Soon to be playing Fortnite and clearly is playing Fortnite is not meant to be watching John Wick and yet there is a John Wick skin in Fortnite uh, on Instagram at 730 man said Captain N the Game Master was a personal favourite of mine back in the day do you know what Captain N the Game Master is Pefli because this is a US thing Captain and Canada N or M Captain I mean, no, N. I don't like it. It doesn't ring a bell at least. So it was a 1989 animated show in the US and Canada that incorporated elements of Nintendo properties. Apparently, and I say apparently because this is from the Wikipedia page, uh, the character of Captain N was created by a Nintendo staff member and editor of Nintendo Power magazine called Randy Studdard, uh, which does not sound like a real name. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, Randy, if you're watching. Uh, when Nintendo chose to create a cartoon, they neither credited nor compensated the person who had created this character, which uh -huh. seems unsurprising. Um, on Glasshouse.Games, uh, Ollie writes, said, it feels weird to get several attempts to adapt a video game to the big screen every year, while the list of live action television shows based on games is pretty thin. Hopefully the success of The Witcher may encourage the networks to try this more often. Off the top of my head, I think Bloodborne, Stardew Valley, and Hitman would work really well in television format. Three very different television yeah. shows. <laughs> Bloodborne is a, much like Dark Souls, is a, the thought of that as a TV show is kind of complicated because it's not like you couldn't, but I almost feel, I feel like Dark Souls, because I, I thought about like, how would you adapt Dark Souls into it? And I thought as a film, it's almost art house. Like that's you how would you resurrect like, Andre Tarkovsky and have him make a film. Yeah, yeah. Li like literally, like that's the kind of tone. And because that's how the game feels, you know, yeah. and it's like how, you know, when you're in an adaptation, minimal dialogue, all that is like, and I'm like, no big studio would let that happen. I mean, yeah. I would love that to exist, but no studio was going to do it. Like, And if they did, it would be a shit show. 
<laughs> would it would it make I mean, would the IP be strong enough to get enough people in to justify a massive overblown artistic epic fantasy? It's a big game. I mean, yeah, it's got a fan base. I feel like if, if if that could happen, if we could make a crazy art house fantasy film <laughs> off the back of Dark Souls. Let's kickstart it. Yes. <laughs> I'm all about it. Um, Ollie also said, as for a show similar to Control, because we were talking about how Control yeah. would be a good TV show, uh, I'd recommend checking out Warehouse 13 if you haven't already. I it, have seen that. It isn't as weird as the game, Ollie says, but has the same premise with each episode focusing on a government agency retrieving artifacts that hold supernatural qualities. Is it good? It is not (laughs) (laughs) i'm in it's i mean it's it was like early 2000s or something it's got that kind of i don't know it's kind of i'm trying to think of comparison shows it's very fine and entertaining it's just one of those very passable shows there's not it's very unmean it's not mean-spirited at all so it's kind of very easy and nice to watch Mm. but i don't think it's a particularly good show uh ollie has been active on twitter as well uh, tweeted, I fell off of some of the content over Christmas. Understandable, don't worry. But I've recently been catching up on GHD Show's videos this week. Loving the Monday talks. Can't wait to see what happens with Bin Show. Uh, but a bit sad to spoiler avoid some of the reflections vids until I can play the games myself. Uh, which is just going to be part of the nature of the way we review things. Yeah. Some people really like it. Some people are going to have to, you know, wait until they've seen, until they've played the game themselves. Before should, we, they... should we just start doing like one minute videos that go alongside our reflections? It's just like, it's good. It's good. <laughs> and then that's it. <laughs> that's a bin show episode. Really. Yeah. Uh, Ollie also said, I don't know how many Star Wars fans are at GHD, but I'd love to hear your takes on Fallen Order. I haven't played it. Possible? I've, I've watched all the cutscenes. Does that count? <laughs> we could well, maybe. I mean, we need to uh, figure out what we're reviewing for the next few weeks. So bum, 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 bum. maybe. I do like Star Wars. I bum, 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 bum. don't like the look of that game. It's, <laughs> it's like Dark Souls Light, right? People are describing it as. Mm. Kind of, yeah. And also the main character looks so Oh, yeah. Bland. No, I've dated that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's damning right there. You're just like, nope. Uh, Over on Glasshouse.Games on the latest episode of The Bin Show about why Lightning Returns is the game of the decade. Uh, Ollie wrote, God, I love that. What an excellent video. All right, you've convinced me to go check this out. Should I play the two preceding games too? No. (laughs) Just, I mean... I mean, if you want, but I to to clarify because a lot of people assume that because I'm 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 always praising Lightning Returns, I like the other two games. I have not played thirteen two. I do not like thirteen. I just Lightning Returns is just fantastic. I so because on Instagram, someone called Nick Hanchett said absolutely absolutely listening to this. I love the thirteen trilogy, and I went, wait, what trilogy? <laughs> I, think, I found this very confusing. I think Lightning Return. I don't. I don't think it stands on its own necessarily because it clearly is picking up plot threads from the other two games. But weirdly, I think it does stand on its own if you don't care too much about the continuity of that. Because if you, because I played it, I hadn't played thirteen two, and my I never finished thirteen because I didn't like it that much. Yeah. And I went into Lightning Returns, and it is such a removed setting that the overarching plot that I go into in that video of just, yeah, you're on a mission to kill God eventually. Like, that's the main thrust of the plot. And as long as you buy into that, the specifics of who's who and what's what doesn't really matter so much. I would say just jump into just Lightning Returns. It. So just play Lightning it. Returns, watch the binge show, uh, and I mean, all and our other videos And don't play the first well. two Final Fantasy 13 well, you, I mean, I'm not going to stop you, but you know, I would recommend it. 
So finally, as always, we follow up all that food for thought with food. This week, appropriately, we have a variety of vegan snacks. Um, we are here in Glasshouse Brick Lane where you can buy food that you can eat and some of it is vegan. Uh, this was brought to Glasshouse Brick Lane, Brick Lane by a supplier called De Bear. Uh, and they are all vegan. So we've got uh, this one's banana, which mine. I think Alex has shotgunned. <laughs> this one's carrot. Uh, this one is mine. I've shotgunned this. Oh, great. This is a I, I, I want the cookie as well. Kit what I also want. wants the cookie. You can split. It's an <gasps> we'll enormous cookie. It's, it's a very big No, cookie. I think forget splitting. Let's fight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Vegans can fight. Good. I don't like icing, but I like filling. Yeah. Just pull it what off. And, uh, That's know. raspberry, I think. Raspberry what? and chocolate. What a dilemma. I yeah. hate icing, but I love filling. It's, I don't think it's icing. I think it's chocolate. No, that. Yeah. That's like white chocolate. Oh, like white chocolate. Maybe. White chocolate icing. Anyway, I'll split <laughs> do you want to try some of your banana and yeah. see if it's good? So the one I've got, for people just listening, we've got five cakes in a darling tray here. Uh, Whoa, I've got like a like a marbly cupcake-ish thing. I have, uh, ooh, that looks... I have a big sticky cookie. Oh, that's so light. That's oh, really it's got good. nuts in it. It's got nuts in it? Mm -hmm. Are you allergic to nuts? No. Okay, <laughs> good. <laughs> well, that's pretty good. It's like chocolate, cherry, maybe some kind of sponge. Kit, hello. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> the vegan snacks are the ones that get you out from behind the desk, <laughs> clearly. Mm. Mm. Oh, nice. Has anyone got anything that they want to recommend for the week ahead? Any, Maybe any vegan recipes you really like? Ruby Tando's vegan chili, very good. Mm. Who's Ruby Tando? Oh, she was on the Great British Bake Off. Um, okay. That's how she kind of came to prominence, I guess. But she also, she has a couple of really good cookbooks. Kit loves that show. I used to love that show. <laughs> I and then it moved to. to Channel 4 and I was like, now's a good time to stop doing this thing <laughs> that takes up so much of my time. I would like to plug, I did a new adventure of, this isn't what a Glasso show, but it's something I do in my own time, which is Subtext Adventure. I'm covering The Witcher 3, more Witcher chat. And um, we've now got, I'm now on the subject of romances. Um, mm. So I've just done the episode on that and breaking down... What, how it hand, how the games handles romance, but also how it uses it to help with characterization and stuff. That's very good. But anyway, that's out in the wild now, so you can go and watch that. Interesting, Alex. Anything? Just I just got back from to London from being away for so long. I feel like I need people to tell me what to do right now. <laughs> <laughs> you should go see Salong, my son. No, oh, yeah. There's <laughs> loads of films out at the moment. Actually, yeah. I need to get to the cinema. I want to see that 1917. Mm. Mendez. Is that right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Road to Perdition is one of my all-time favorite films, so. Uh, if we've made you hungry, uh, I'm not sure if you can actually get these foods, but what you can do is come down to Glasshouse Brick Lane and we will have something vegan for you. Um, also gluten-free uh, and other things. Um, if you have any suggestions of food that we should try or things that we should talk about, uh, then you can send those to us on glasshouse.games or email us at community at glasshouse.games or tweet us at GHG Show. Uh, you can watch more of our shows on YouTube or at glasshouse.games. Uh, thank you, Sam and Alex P. Cheers. It's a pleasure. Uh, for joining me this week. Thanks also, as always, to the wonderful, I'm giving him time to pull his microphone across, <laughs> Kit. Thank for, you. <laughs> for making the show happen every week. Uh, and thank you to Dan C. Parks for the music. I'm Jordan Erica Weber. Talk again soon. Mm -hmm.